0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. My turn, Rossi. You don't get to speak yet. (laughs) Welcome back to the Oz Network, as Rossi reminds me of how we intro these episodes. Uh, We're here for another episode of The Amazing Race Canada, Season 6, Heroes Edition. Uh, The zombies are honing in on us. This is Episode 8. We're getting closer to the end of the season, and uh, this time we actually have an Eliminated Team to talk about, uh, and a whole lot of Prince Edward Island. So much excitement in this episode. I'm not sure everybody else feels about this, but uh, let's get this started. My name is Colin, and the word is traditional.
1: My name is Jared, and I too once got two paintball tickets for my birthday, (laughs) and just let them expire. (laughs)
2: And uh, my name is Rossi, and where do you guys find the potatoes?
0: <laughs> this is another great Martina episode. Um, another great Dylan Kwame episode. Uh, I'm I'm going to say probably the best episode we've had yet for Karen and Melissa, a.k.a. Nancy and Melissa. <laughs> and such a sad episode for Leanne and Mar. Um, even Adam and Courtney, they had a great moment in here. Uh, Taylor and Courtney, everybody, everybody was great. This was... An all-star worthy episode for the teams. At least in my opinion, not really an all-star worthy episode as far as the challenges go. Um, but I mean the teams made the most of it. But uh let's get some opinions around the room here. Jared, what did you think of this episode?
1: I actually I thought it was really good. I didn't um mind the challenges. I think um they kind of worked. They were a bit like smaller scale. Um, But I think, yeah, just plenty of funny moments from, yeah, like you said, all the teams, everybody kind of really shine this episode.
0: Rossi?
2: I don't know. I was kind of down on it. It just felt... Sad? It felt really weird. Like, it just didn't feel like... If you were to, like, look at the season, obviously we haven't seen the whole season yet, but if we were to look at the whole season and then, like, go back, I feel like this one would stand out and... I don't know if that's for good. Maybe I'll change my opinion on it as we go through. It just felt very weird while I was watching it. I know
0: why. Nobody danced. What's going on? <laughs> People stopped dancing for one week, and it feels weird to Rossi.
2: Yeah, it threw off the rhythm.
0: Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> The rhythm, yes. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of food in this episode. Uh, you know, planted food, um, cooked food battlefield earth style food right Rossi mouse <laughs> I was <gonna> say that. <laughs> <laughs> we just like within the last 24 48 hours covered Battlefield Earth on Bad movies month here on the Oz network uh give it a listen and hear what Rossi think about the three minutes that <laughs> he bothered to watch uh but yeah I mean this I I think I kind of agree with both of you I mean I'm I'm not down on this episode I'm sort of in the middle um it is very memorable I think that's kind of what you're getting at Rossi like we'll look back on this and there's a lot to remember in this episode, but what was off for me was it seemed like the challenges were structured really well. Like they were designed in a way that should have made for a bigger gap between teams or more opportunities to overtake. And it just felt like everybody was neck and neck with the exception of, you know, one team, everybody else was just neck and neck the whole race. And, and, that could have either been played through editing as being a little more exciting. Like as in, Oh, nobody's able to overtake anybody despite the fact that there's all these like advantages that somebody could have or could have gone the opposite way. But still, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode. And, uh, I don't remember the last time that they went to PEI, but there's basically one city in PEI, which is where they go this time. Uh, the episode starts out, uh, the last shots we get of Winnipeg and it is, I don't know, probably 100 kilometer an hour winds, as we mentioned, which I think I mentioned last weekend, uh, we'll get to on the end of this episode, Martina's answers to our questions of the week, where even she commented about how windy Winnipeg was. Uh, It's especially downtown. There's something about the construction of downtown Winnipeg that just a day with maybe 15, 20 kilometer an hour winds, which is, you know, maybe just an average day here. You go downtown, and it's like gusting 80 everywhere. So um, one last traditional Winnipeg shot that we get there. Uh, and everybody gets to go off to PEI, Prince Edward Island, the smallest province. Quickly
2: before, sorry yeah. to cut up, but there was something that really bothered me before even the episode started. And in the, like, you know how they do previously on The Amazing Race mm-hmm. or previously on Survivor, they do like the recap of like this happened and this happened and this dancing challenge happened. Oh, yeah. I got really thrown off because they said in the recap, Martina and Bill have their best placing yet. And it was so random. <laughs> that it caught me off guard. In the entire episode, I was focused on, oh, I guess they're eliminated. Well, was I the only one who
0: like, yes, heard the, that? Like, the previously on segment led you to believe they're going to be gone this week.
2: Well, it just, out of nowhere, they said they had their best placing yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then that was it. And I thought, okay, they're either going to be the winning or do really well again and top that and get first or be eliminated, like a, a send-off. Like they would do... Like in Survivor or something, would be like, and then so-and-so makes their appearance in the intro, and Mm -hmm. it's just like, what?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, they definitely do that in Survivor. I didn't actually watch the previous on-segment this week, um, but I had the same, I I guess, moment of panic that you probably had (laughs) of thinking they were gone uh, for a different reason. I thought that I had this episode spoiled for me. Um, oh. we talked about this uh, as we were recording Battlefield Earth. You asked, well, have you seen it yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. But I'm pretty sure I got the eliminated team spoil for me, which I was right. I did get the eliminated team spoil for me. And you had so much sadness in your voice. You're like, oh, it's devastating. Where I assumed, wait, did I get it wrong? Like, is it <laughs> is it Martina and Phil? What else would make Rossi so sad? <laughs> um, Jerry, did you watch the previously on segment? or Did you ever read anything into those?
1: I did, and I'm in the same boat for kind of both of your reasons because I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw one of my Tina's posts, and I just saw like the start of it, and they were hugging like Leanne and Ma, and it said "so privileged to race with," and then like I quickly like scrolled past, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she was so privileged (laughs) to race with Phil. They've gone home. Like, look how upset they are." Mm -hmm. Um and then when yeah, when the previous one started and I heard it, like they're best finished yet, like it just the whole episode I was watching, like, okay, where are they gonna go wrong? Like I was convinced. Um I mean up until the NMR got their penalty, I was convinced that Montana and Phil were going home. Like they're gonna go to this paintball challenge and get hit fifty times and they're gonna have to wait an hour there. Um so yeah, this whole episode was was quite traumatic.
0: Yeah, um it's interesting you bring that up too, Rossi, because You know, I mean, I usually try to analyze those more in the Survivor ones than I do Amazing Race, Uh, but the fact that they're bringing that up, especially this week where Martina and Phil, I mean, they were definitely not at the top. They weren't the very bottom. They were sort of like, well, I guess they were lower end, but, you know, at no point were they like the absolute front rows. I guess technically they work their way up to the, the top half, but... It almost seems irrelevant once you have watched the episode so now that you've said that i'm thinking in my head are they alluding to the fact that like Martine and phil could be the winners of this you know they're, they're building up in every single week because we, martin and phil's position improves can martin and phil win this episode or win this this season now now you got me reading too much into it rossi thanks
2: i'm trying to follow the edgic here
0: you're trying to follow the what edgic i don't i'm not familiar okay. with that word is it spelt T R A D I T I O N A L? Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Ross used a word I didn't understand. <laughs> um <laughs> anyways. Too many middle
1: of the road episodes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one O T T. Mm gotta watch that tone.
0: <laughs> Alright, let's move on here. <laughs> um So off to PEI, and uh, as I said, the smallest province of Canada, not known for much. I mean, one city, basically, which is what we saw. I don't even know what the population is of Charlottetown. Um, I'll I'll look it up at some point here. But apparently, like, we go to all these cities, and it's like, what are they known for? And we just came off of Winnipeg, where Winnipeg, which I didn't even know, was known for, you know, as the, I guess, the, the home base of Skip the Dishes and the Royal Winnipeg Ballet and the Royal Canadian Legion and all these very famous things. PEI is famous for Eckhart the Mouse. (laughs) That's right, the famous Eckhart Mouse uh, Which I guess is a beloved children's book I will say, now that they've said this I'm going to go out and I'm going to find Eckhart the Mouse for Casper Uh, He's in this stage right now where he picks one book And he wants to read it over and over again And I, last week, got him uh, Zed is for Zamboni Which is, there's a series of Canadian books About the alphabet And they just each run through a letter And this one was based on hockey So Zed is for Zamboni, it was the hockey book he loves hockey and he calls the book bony, um, or Zambo. It's never the two put together, but it got to the point where I was so excited for him to read this. Cause he just kept throwing it on the floor for his first few days. Eventually he started reading this and it was like five times in a row. And then I'd read it five times in a row. And I would say like, Jamie, can you turn on Max and Ruby so we can hide the book from him? And then we would be hiding behind our back. So maybe Eckhart the mouse could be the next obsession of Casper. Um, but what...
2: Can you read it to him in a, a Charla voice? Yes,
0: we'll do Charla Reads. Eckhart the Mouse, the ultimate amazing race fan experience. Uh, coming soon to, coming soon to Twitter. Or a Simi, maybe, or Opie. Simi and Opie. I can't read. <laughs> the mouse is too small. <laughs> uh, what I did like about this challenge was that it, it should have been challenging, and I think it probably was. It's just... This is my complaint about the episode that maybe we could have had a lot of opportunities where teams overtake each other. One team fell behind on this, but the fact that these little statues that are all around were all so tiny and you didn't know exactly where it was and not all of them had it, that just, it's going back to a lot of the challenges we've seen this season where they're designing it in a way where it's going to mess with people. You're going to go to the wrong statue. Some of them, you're going to have the clues. some of them won't and how great was it that they get a tiny clue out of it from, uh, Eckhart, the tiny mouse. Um, only other thing that really happens here is because, um, Nancy and Melissa were the last place team last week, but not eliminated. They have to go through the speed bump, which this, I like, again, back to what I said in the beginning of the episode, we got so much great character stuff here, especially with Nancy, because this was like a, you know, a donate your hair for breast cancer challenge, but really, is there a point to speed bumps anymore? um, Because as far as this being a challenge, we've seen some speed bumps where it's like the simplest thing in the world, but this was like, I thought they're going to have to get their hair cut, and oh, are they going to go through with it, are they going to waste time thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do this, but in the end, not only are they just cutting hair, it's basically you tie a person's hair back, you snip it once, and it's done. So I doubt that they were in here more than five minutes. Um not great as a speed bump, but great character moment we get from Nancy here. Uh Jared, what did you think about the opening challenge and speed bump?
1: Um, I thought the challenge was good. I think it is the best kind of search challenge that we've had this season. Uh definitely better than uh fairy doors, even though we did get that amazing <laughs> knocking on the door moment. Um and I think the great thing about this challenge was that we saw the Super Siblings pact that I'm so here for. Oh, yeah. I um, And, like, it's the best alliance in Amazing Race history. <laughs> um, the, the only issue I had with this challenge was the team's saying um, that this statue was, like, so small, it's the size of a real mouse. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a mouse that size, like, you've got a problem. That's definitely, like, a bush rat, not a mouse. Um that like they like it's the size of a real mouse i'm like no way <laughs> i thought this like have be- you have you people seen a mouse <laughs> that is not the size of a mouse um yeah so i thought that was great i agree with you on the speed bump. for me it was just um confusing because i was like are they finished like are we going to show like a shot of like these people with like all their hair cut off mm-hmm. and like made into a wig type thing being sent off um yeah, I just, I was like confused and all of a sudden it was over and yeah, you only saw him chop like off one piece of hair. So I was like, was that the whole challenge or did we they just edit it to be that? Um, yeah, I was just confused and I agree. Speed bums are so pointless and I'm so over them being in the episode. I think they kind of need to um, change what the
0: penalty is for finishing in last place. Uh, Rossi, what would you think?
1: Yeah, they have
2: definitely oversimplified the speed bums. So for, I feel like at first, when they first introduced it, it was a little harder. And in like recent years, we've had so many just like nameless, easy challenges. Like the last US, they had to bring boats to a, a shop, mm-hmm. or like in some other international version, they had to tie a tie, like they had to like shave a balloon. Like there was, stupid
0: there stuff. was one which was like, assemble a lawn chair. <laughs> like seriously,
1: or like sit in a sauna for 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Sit in an ice seat for ten minutes.
0: Read yeah. Eckhart the most, start to finish. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, that would have been good. <laughs> that would have be been more interesting.
2: I don't know. It's just they definitely need a tweaking of the speed bumps, and t- as long as it's make it at least a twenty minute
0: yeah. thing,
2: maybe fifteen. I'll say fifteen, and then I'll be satisfied, even if it's sitting for fifteen minutes. Just do something a little more length time, like a longer period, and then oh yeah, Eckhart yeah that was fine I think it was definitely harder than they anticipated it being both the show the producers and the contestants because people really struggled finding these little mice mm-hmm. or larger than Battlefield Earth mice yeah. um, it was just it was fine like it just kind of dragged on a little too long the only thing that was worth noting is like they're really adorable tiny clues yeah. that was yeah. so
1: cute
0: yeah, and it comes out. And it's basically like um, the what do you call those fortune cookie parchment paper or whatever. <laughs> That's the clue. Uh, th- this, you know, what we were speculating last week about what the final challenge could be. Are there other things behind besides the fairy doors, Eckhart the mouse that will work into a tiny format where, where there could be some type of final challenge or quiz trivia about all the tiny things we see in here? Because we got the dailies contacts; those are tiny. We have the fairy doors. This there's got to be something else in there, or am I am I just really grasping at straws now?
1: No, that um little bird that was out of place in the birds of prey challenge.
0: Ah, the the uh, tiny um, loaves of bread. Uh, no, uh, the the <laughs> the
1: potatoes cut into quarters. The quartered potatoes. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep guessing on these things. Uh, so I think it picked up in the next challenge for me. Um, again, it was all the character stuff. I think this would have been super bland if it wasn't for the fact that uh, this is probably the best interactive challenge I've ever seen in any amazing race ever. Uh, and this was the, um, the cooking one or uh, this bed and breakfast place, whatever it is, where the menu items you have to serve are scrambled. So it's not just you have to memorize. Usually we get challenges like this, memorize the dish and you have to, You know, go up. Oh, what's the special? And you have to recite. Oh, it's a a lobster omelet with spinach and kale chips and whatever else was in there. But this time it's like, you don't have to memorize anything. You just have to unscramble the clue. And I got to tell you, I love that all the teams had a different one of these. So we didn't get something where teams could be working together. Although we got that with, you know, the, the sibling alliance, like the, the super siblings, as you said. Uh, but I found myself pausing every single time they showed a menu like before they even revealed it and like i was challenging myself like okay i know i can figure one of these out and i think the um the the one of the the dessert ones i figured out the chocolate lava cake i figured out uh but jamie was like i was trying to get her to watch this episode and she just didn't want any part of it she was playing pokemon and her ds or something like that uh and uh, at this point, when I was like, she's why are you pausing? I'm like, I'm trying to unscramble the clues, and she got really into this too. So, this was more fun for me to be interactive, but still, I think we got some great stuff out of here. Uh, Jared, wait, so
2: she watched, she watched this Battlefield Earth, yes, and not the Amazing Race.
0: Jamie <laughs> was willing to watch yeah. two hours of Battlefield Earth, she volunteered for it, but she wouldn't watch one episode of the Amazing Race Canada. And yet she's telling me now, yeah, maybe I'll audition for this show with you finally. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but uh, I can still dream. Um, Jared, uh, this challenge is definitely an improvement, but what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was good. It was nice to see kind of a purely kind of intellectual challenge. Um, I feel like we've had a lot of physical challenges and searching challenges kind of throughout the race. So it was nice to see something that was... Um, just kind of brain power and your ability to unscramble. And yeah, I thought it was good. I liked, um, the setup. I felt sorry for these people having to eat their meals so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like your main's being served. Here comes dessert one second after. <laughs> um, so I thought that was funny. I loved also the chef too when, um, uh, was it Ma got the, um, dish wrong, I don't know, one of one of the cheerleaders got the dish wrong and he was like, no, not at all and he was just like completely disgusted <laughs> um, which I thought was great um, yeah, I just thought a fun challenge where kind of, I think like the order did kind of shift a bit here um, and there was room for that to happen more and I think yeah, seeing that kind of sibling pact come back into play um, was interesting
0: and also, I mean I, I think the shifting is definitely right but the one thing that I found interesting was that all the teams kind of arrived here not long after each other, <laughs> and then, with the exception of Dylan Kwame, they all just seemed to leave all of a sudden. Like I think we had one or two teams leave, and then <clears throat> there was maybe like uh, two other, two or three teams left, and suddenly it's like, well, Dylan Kwame are the last ones here. Which also, let's add in there, how great was it when everybody was speculating where are Dylan and Kwame, and you have one person saying, "Oh, maybe they're having trouble finding that third mouse," so another person, "Oh, maybe they took a wrong term. and then Adam saying probably stop for something to eat <laughs> even among the other racers they just have a reputation, No, Dylan and Kwame just do their own thing um, <laughs> Rossi were you able to figure out any of these challenges, did you get some good recipe IDs off this?
2: Um. Yeah I was definitely trying to <clears throat> do the, the the unscrambling, I didn't pause the TV of it, I was just like lingering a little long and I was like I definitely would have struggled with traditional like I should not like, I sympathize so much with um, Kwame for doing that. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, I'm I'm struggling here, and I, I know the words two seconds later. Like, but I was surprised to see that it was so hard. Like, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was, and definitely glad that they didn't get the same menu and they could look off each other, or there was, mm-hmm. like, three menus, so two people had the same or something, like... Because, you know, the Amazing Race is guilty of doing stuff like that, so I was glad that it was all these different meals. And, yeah, just to touch on that uh, stacking effect of the racing, like, with the exception of the penalty that Leanne and Mar take, it is literally, you get to the challenge, you finish the challenge, and then move on. Mm -hmm. Like, there was no break, changing of the order in this episode at all.
0: But, like, this challenge would have been perfect for that. I think it was just an unfortunate circumstance where... Uh, you know, all the teams just ended up getting through it in the same amount of time, uh, and maybe you know, with uh, Taylor helping fill that, also uh, you know that that also evened it out a little more than it would have been otherwise. But you're completely right about how you're so accustomed to these challenges, just always being everybody has the same one. Because even though it was clear to me that these are different menus, and they even said it, I kept catching myself that every time somebody blurted it out, I'm like, no, don't, don't say it so loud. They're gonna catch on, and I'm like, wait, they all have different menus. I just I wasn't used to seeing that and I think that could have provided a really great opportunity where we could have had some teams falling behind. But the traditional one, again, like I feel for them because they showed this, they started highlighting it every time he's like, I can't get this last word, and they would highlight it on the screen, traditional. And they would come back to it two minutes later, and they'd highlight it again, and they'd come back to it two minutes later, and I'm trying to unscramble it still. I'm like, ah, oh, there's an R, there's a D. There's an L. And meanwhile, I should know they have shown us traditional over and over again, and still I didn't get it. So uh, I wonder if these menus were random too. Um, also, another funny moment. This is the other part that Jamie paid attention to. Jamie got a good laugh when uh, Martina was saying, I should have done this challenge. It's the culinary arts. And Jamie just burst out laughing. I'm like, well, "I'm like, what's funny? And uh, I'm like, oh. And she's like, oh, the whole culinary arts thing. And... I'm like, whoa, she was probably saying that because she's a whole mech teacher or whatever, as you know, she's mentioned. But Jamie is like, oh, I just thought she was like me, and she was just really hungry. <laughs> so Jamie, for the little bit she has seen of Martina, she is convinced that her and Martina are pretty much the same person. Uh, but no, in this case, the, the, it would have been great to see Martina do this one, uh, whether or not it would have helped her to unscramble it. Martina, here's your first question of the week. Uh, in the next uh, semester you're starting, which is apparently very soon... Uh, school's, what, about a week or so away. Will you incorporate this as a fun challenge to your students? <laughs> they, they have to unscramble the recipe for something. It'll buy you a little bit of time in class. It'll That's so fun. good. It would be great, yeah. Because I also saw – I can't remember if I mentioned this on the, the past episode that um I, I found on the, her website that she provided with us that there was a challenge where it's like you make your own pizza, but it's like – Come up with your own unique idea for pizza. And somebody did like a mac and cheese pizza, which was actually like the noodles, macaroni noodles and cheese on top of a pizza. And I always had this great idea about a tuna melt pizza, which is just be like tuna and pickles and cheese on the top. And that's a pizza. Uh, Martina looks like she would, or she seems like she would incorporate all these fun things, but I want to see that in there too. Uh, Did anybody catch the dailies uh, contact lenses in this episode? Was it clear to everybody?
2: Oh, I didn't. I couldn't spot them, so I couldn't enter the contest. Oh,
0: too bad. Um, Where were they? Right on top of the staircase overlooking the chef, which the chef was another funny thing to me. And, and I wish that Martina had done this challenge. We could have asked her this question, too, because the way that this is filmed, it looks like the chef and his cooking station is out in the open. Like, it's not at the table like some restaurants, but it's within the same room would it have been easy because they're not going to have these people unscramble the, the menu that the, the team. So Phil unscrambles his uh, Kwame or Dylan, unscr- Dylan, I think did this one unscrambles his, and then goes up and says, it is a cheeseburger with salt and vinegar fries. Uh, and then some, like, okay, now wait, while we make this order, the food's pre-made. Could they not have just like looked over at the cooking station and been like, why that looks like a chocolate lava cake with fudge sauce <laughs> and just guessed it right there. That would have made it a little bit easier. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't as close as I thought or,
2: um, I'm sure it's hidden. There's no way they would do that. Would that would be really, I dumb. swear, I,
0: I watched this episode and I swear I saw this cook out in the open, like in the same room it may have been like 20 feet away. Maybe there was like a, a red tape. They couldn't get behind, but, uh, He's uh, how... head
1: chef. You know, he doesn't actually cook anything.
0: Yeah, he, he just sits there. Gordon and...
1: Ramsay yells at other people. To exactly, make yeah.
0: <laughs> this is MasterChef PEI here. Uh, they're a little bit more polite. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, that's the roadblock. Uh, probably my favorite challenge of the episode. My biggest disappointment in the episode comes next. As we get to the detour, suds or spuds, and you either get to plant potatoes in the ground or you get to milk a goat and make soap. Well, guess which nobody did. The more exciting one, milking a goat. Like how gr- every time we have animals in the Amazing Race, it- it's always somebody getting thrown off of a camel's back or getting kicked by a zebra or uh, having a horse pee on them or something like. I-, I I could just imagine people milking goats and then making bars of soap out of it. It would have been amazing. Nobody did it, and I was so frustrated because I- as soon as I heard that, I'm like, that's great. And I even watched in the Amazing Race's. Uh, they're that they put up for this, not on the screen. Unfortunately, we ruined that for them last season. Uh, you're welcome CTV. But, um, uh, there's a poll about which one would you do? And like 65% of Canadians picked the potato one. I'm like, how boring are you people? Like, this would have been great before we even get on to the challenge. Like which one of these two did you think sounded more interesting? And did you want to see more Jared?
1: I definitely wanted to see the go on more. And in my head, I thought that it would be easier too. um, I don't know, just a lot more, like, a lot less um, manual labour. I mean, in the potato one, they had to dig those trenches and then cut up all those potatoes. I don't know, in my head when I just saw them, the goat one just seemed like it would be quicker. It's like, milk a goat to, like, this level on the jar and then uh, smell some soap, (laughs) which is is just a repeat of the um, roadblock that Zainab and Monica did Mm -hmm. with the salt or whatever it was and what flavour is it. So yeah, I just thought that that would be more interesting to watch, and also the easier of the two to do. I thought that a lot more teams would have chosen that.
0: Rossi, which one would you have done? Have you done a lot of soap sniffing or goat milking?
2: Uh, I would have gone for the potatoes, only because I have such a terrible sense of smell. I wouldn't have been able to identify any of the soaps at the end. So I would have gone potatoes.
0: I mean, the the smell of goat probably would have been overpowering, too, Uh, the goats were within the same vicinity of the soap, just like the chefs. Yeah, and no, I don't want to get menus.
2: kicked by a goat.
0: No. <laughs> um, but that just it seemed like it would have been so much fun for me. And, and I also wonder in these challenges, you know, we get challenges like we'll, we'll get it with the zombie paintball coming later on, where it's not a roadblock, it's not a detour, it's just another challenge you have to complete. We also have episodes where they'll choose not to have a roadblock or a detour, and you might get one or not the other. Last year we got Canada 150 challenges, who knows why, but – um, it was entirely possible to just edit this out and not have it be a choice and just have, when you knew none of the teams did it, have John go back and shoot. and so In the next challenge, teams will have to plant potatoes and that could just be it. Why get our hopes up? We wanted our goats. Here's my number two question. Uh, if Martina and Phil win the Amazing Race Canada and get free airfare from Air Canada, will you travel back to PEI? And if you do, will you accept a quarter of $100... To shoot a video of you milking goats and sniffing soap for us um, courtesy of the Oz network a quarter of a hundred dollars if you win, get free airfare and do this challenge to complete it for us that 's what we want uh, that's what I want at least uh, the challenge itself though uh I liked Adam flirting with Nancy and Melissa here and his really really bad pun am I digging myself in a hole ha 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 and he gives this like really fake laugh right after it. Adam is such a star now. Um, I mean, he went from being, I thought, the douchey fireman to now being the just amusingly polite Canadian slash semi unintentionally douchey fireman. Uh, he's great in this episode. Uh, I thought that uh, Courtney was fantastic too. her little celebration. I missed uh, when she got the challenge again, as I was mentioning, everybody in the menu challenge was just yelling and she celebrates as like the most silent celebration ever. Just spinning in circles was great. Uh, but this one also, to me, it looked like it would have been more challenging than I think it was. Uh, and I think the teams took it more seriously than the judge Randall did. Uh, because aside from Dylan and Kwame, who just seemed plagued this entire episode, I swear, like, they had to plant, like, four rows across an entire field. And they had to, they apparently have to have it a certain distance. Nobody's watching. I'm watching the teams plant this. They're just tossing them into the ground, like, eyeballing it. Randall, the judge here will sort of look over shoulders. Like, yeah, it looks good. Here's your clue. Dylan and Kwame come around and he's like, no, you, you came up two centimeters short on three of your potatoes and they make them redo the whole thing. Uh, this whole episode was just heartbreaking for these guys here. Uh, luckily they're not eliminated it, but, uh, I, I don't know if there was a lot of entertainment in here. I thought that this would have provided more challenge. I think the biggest challenge was, uh, just the physicality of it and how backbreaking, the labor is. Uh, it was great to, like, Martina's, like, battle cries that we heard throughout this challenge here as she was uh, tilling the ground. Um, I also will say, I, I'm i sure that this is really difficult. I mean, I lived on a farm for, I guess, the first, like, four years of my life. Uh, a farm that was so primitive that we didn't have a toilet indoors. We didn't have running water. Uh, we had, like, a well with a bucket on a rope. I mean, it was, like, super primitive farm, but we never actually did any real farming. But I have played farming simulator 2017 uh which was a fascinating idea for me i'm like i want to play farming simulator it ended up being like the driest most blandest game ever uh so that when i saw this field i thought they're gonna to have to plant the whole field i'm like all oh, these people are gonna be here forever they're wishing they would have done the goats now um <laughs> jerry have you done much potato planting in your life i actually have planted potatoes before but um Uh, Were you aware this is how it was done? Could you spot the giant pile of potatoes in the background? What did you think of this challenge?
1: I thought it was pretty good. I I haven't planted potatoes um, before, but I did manage to um, spot the wall of potatoes. It was um, (laughs) just slightly more challenging than spotting the um, uh, dailies boxes earlier (laughs) on in the episode. Um, Yeah, I thought it was good. The best thing about this challenge for me was the drama between... um, Karen and Melissa, who in my head are, like, oh. Nancy and Karen because Melissa's, like, the less memorable ones. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of got, like, she's taken on the name Karen because it's more memorable than she is. So it's <laughs> kind of Nancy and Karen for me now. Um, so I just, I just appreciated that there was finally, like, a bit of tension between the teams. We haven't really got that this, this episode, so it was nice to see um, a little bit of drama, especially from, like, I suppose, the team that kind of know each other the least Um, it it made sense I was there I was sure too that more teams were going to stuff this up I feel like they put in lots of moments too um, like when um, Nancy and Melissa were cutting the potatoes and there was kind of this argument over like into halves or quarters I'm like surely she's like cut them wrong and and they haven't put like the sprouty bit in the ground it's not going to work out for them Um, but yeah I was just a let down in terms of not so uh, not teams struggling and having to do stuff again apart from Dylan and Kwame uh, but then we had Randall, who is the most random person, like, why does everybody know his name? Why does everybody like him so much? Um, he gave them all free a free weird... pass! He was just a weird character, and so that my question is, for Martina um, this week, is, like, how did they know Randall's name? Like, when <laughs> do they know the, like, people running the challenge's name? Like, is he just telling everybody I'm Randall? <laughs> uh, and what was so likable about Randall?
0: Well, we also mentioned last week the observation that John seems to be introducing us to all these people for the judges, but the the contestants aren't there. So, like, yeah, is he introducing himself? Is he going up and down? I'm Randall. I will be your potato judger today. Uh, Rossi, uh, do you think that Randall was a fair judge here? And uh, what did you think of the potato planting challenge?
2: I think Randall was a lazy judge here because... <laughs> I doubt he checked every potato spacing with the rope and it's like oh this one's good and that one's good and this one's good he was just there to look the part but didn't do anything and in terms of the challenge I thought it was kind of boring it was, un- it was hard for them but it was hard hard to watch it was just them oh this is hard and like leanne and Mar coming in and like man the Amazing Race is tiring and it's just like all these things that I'm not really making good TV, so I'm not interested as much. I mean, Martina is an expert potato spotter. What can I say? <laughs>
0: yeah, we got to address that. Like, set it up and explain the story in case anybody missed the episode or Aussie.
2: Um, what are you doing? Go watch the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they have the huge like barn full barn full of potatoes, like at least like a kilometer high. Yeah. <laughs> full of potatoes. And it, to be fair, they are brown, so like they would blend in a little bit, but it's this huge stack. And Martina walks in and's like, where are the potatoes? <laughs> and then all the teams are like, um, Martina, open your eyes.
0: It's like, well, so there's one there, and about 40,000 <laughs> right next to it.
2: And then I love when they were scooping up the potatoes to cut Phil's like where did the potatoes? They're right here, Martina. And she's like, haha, very funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, Martina had a lot of sass in this episode. Happy comment. Yeah. Like, usually we get. I mean, this is still. She's still the most cheerful person on the race. But we saw a couple moments here where Martina's starting to snap. Like, uh, you know, I think the. Um, uh, the, the last season of Amazing Race, I can't remember who it was, but I was waiting for somebody to just lose it the whole episode. Who was? Do you remember who that was on Amazing Race US, Rossi? That I just, I kept expecting that they were going to have like this explosive moment and kill somebody in their sleep. Oh,
2: I can't. Re- I'll have to think about it. It'll come. It'll back. come to me.
0: But I mean, this is the closest Martine will ever get. Out. Ha ha! Very funny, Phil. <laughs> um, I mean, I. I think again it, it wasn't until i saw this episode that it came back to me having planted potatoes not when we lived on the farm but we moved to the metropolis of LaSalle Manitoba population of like 125 when we lived there uh and in our garden we planted I think
2: potatoes. it was um i think was it Cody?
0: Was it Cody? No, who is the who's the 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 girlfriend? Um not it wasn't Jessica? No, it was one of the other uh, girlfriends on the show one of the other like a was couple it teams the light-
2: the-, the lifeguard. Brittany?
0: Yes, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany had the anger management issues that just never came out. And I was waiting for that. Uh, if we could do like an all-star pairing, could we pair up Martina and Brittany? That would be an amazing combination. Uh, but anyways, yeah, this potato episode, um, or the challenge, I forgot like how easy it is. I can understand now why potatoes are so cheap. If it is simply as easy as cut a potato into a quarter, put it in the ground and wait for it to grow a bunch of other potatoes. Um, There was a a nice Forrest Gump moment here. Are are there any fans of Forrest Gump? No? I'm the only one? (laughs) Let's cover Forrest Gump here on the Oz Network next month. Uh, Actually, next year, maybe we will. It'll be the 25th anniversary. But um, there's a a moment in that where um, Forrest Gump, like Tom Hanks' friend, Bubba, is going over all the different ways you can eat shrimp. And he's like, shrimp uh, cocktail, grilled shrimp, shrimp salad and um i think it was either dylan and kwami this one were like i like potatoes mashed potatoes baked potatoes scallop potatoes french fries and i know that that scene probably ran for like six and a half hours and they just cut out the best moments there uh but from the potatoes oh let's before we move on to zombie paintball because there's a big moment to talk about there um let's talk a little bit more about this fight from melissa and Karen, Uh, (laughs) Nancy and Melissa here or uh, Nancy and Karen or Karen and Melissa, whatever it is. Uh, You mentioned like Jared, how great it is that we actually get a fight out of a team that uh, doesn't know each other that well. And I think this season we kind of entered it and I made the comment very similar to like the YouTube star season, the U S version that because these people were being cast based on their positive personalities, there was no way that they were gonna allow anybody was gonna allow themselves to melt down, have like a Britney, I'm gonna kill you in your sleep moment, so that we're getting everybody on their best behavior and we're not getting the drama we normally get. I don't find that it's affecting me on the race. Like I, I still like this season, despite we're not getting those fights. But this is the first time, and I think in a way, maybe Nancy and Melissa being the team that knows each other the least, they were going to be the ones to blow up. But still, is this an example of them being super Canadian? Or is it an example of two people who don't know each other well enough to scream at each other yet, where this was the nicest argument in Amazing Race history. Um, Rossi, you haven't commented yet on this. What did you think of the fight?
2: I mean, it was rarely resolved very quickly. It was like, I don't like when you do that. Well, I don't like when you do that. All right, I forgive you.
0: <laughs> I think it was long. It was like, like over in this. I, I feel like it was during a long car ride because they cut back to it at least once. But What I found more interesting was that it was Nancy sort of saying, "Oh, you know, you can't do this," and then Melissa's like, "All right, okay, all right, let's move on." And then Nancy would sort of go on her thing, and, "Yeah, but you know, you can't talk to me like this." Okay, okay. They both were like very defensive in this. It was it was it was fascinating to watch in a really polite way.
2: I mean, I'm all. I think this is more. I think they wanted more teams to argue in that season where they planned the or they didn't plan teams. It was just solo people. Oh yeah. Like I feel like they wanted more drama like this, or they like kind of, or the Canada saw that and they're like, "Oh, maybe we're going to get this out of these two people." And it was very tame compared to what we got from some of the teams like Brooke and Scott, Van and Ashton. They were really fighting it, and these girls were just like, Ugh oh, you know, let's just make up."
0: It was very <laughs> quick. Uh, Jared, do you have anything else you want to add on the fight?
1: Oh, I just thought it was so good because it was so passive aggressive. <laughs> Uh, it was like I know how to do this, and like, yep. And it's like, oh, fine. Like, if you don't believe me, like, go go and read the clue. Then go and read the clue. No, I'm not going to read the clue. Go and read the clue. Um, and I think like it was resolved, but was it really? Like, I still think there's a lot of underlying tension from it. It was kind of like uh, a throwaway. Like, uh, yeah, how they mentioned. I don't like when you do this, and I don't like when you don't listen to me. But blah blah blah. I forgive you. Like, I feel like that wasn't a real resolution. So I feel like there's still kind of underlying tension from that fight. So I hope that we do get to see a bit more of that now moving forward.
0: I want to see the moment where they really blow up at each other. And Melissa's like, I challenge you to a skeleton race. And she's like, I challenge you to a barrel race. And we just get like the showdown of the super athletes here. Uh, Zombie paintball, something I never thought I would see on the amazing race. Uh, least of all, in Prince Edward Island. Now, I don't know if they simply ran out of things Prince Edward Island was famous for. They're famous for Potatoes and Eckhart the Mouse. That they had to just do paintball because this is something you do everywhere. Uh, but this was very important for Prince Edward Island. Kind of a fun challenge that, again, I think could have provided for more of a shake-off. Maybe if there was a bigger gap or... Uh, I don't know. It seemed like, to me, at least Leanne and Mar were the only ones who struggled to find the clue did they have a map or something? It would have been great if you you had to roam around the paintball battlefield and it, it was just a shot in the dark. Are you going to know where you're going to find this? Almost like the Eckhart the Mouse thing. Now there's an idea. Combine Eckhart the Mouse statues and a zombie paintball game. That would have been great. But uh, it, it still it had so much great potential and I still think it kept me on the edge of my seat knowing that just because you're the first team to arrive there and even if you get through it and find the clue right away, that's not all there is. You could get hit Seven times and only have to wait seven minutes, or you could get hit twenty-three times. Like, I was it Taylor and Courtney that got twenty-three hits. Um, One of the Courtney teams, I think, did. And then you're waiting for twenty-three minutes. Now, I mean, in an episode where the teams are as tight as they are here, one or two minutes can make a major difference. uh, Which is the only thing that you know. um, I think uh, kept me really in suspense with this because I don't know if we really got full utilization of the zombie part of this challenge. It's a fun idea, but Everybody's being shot from the distance. I mean, this would have been great if they're being chased by zombies and the zombies were allowed to tackle them or something like that. Uh, not everything I think this challenge could have been, but still a fun idea and something that I think, at uh, the very least, if it's not incorporated in a challenge exactly like this, do something like this where however many times you get hit, then you get that many minutes you have to wait. You're, you're working in almost a penalty into a challenge without actually uh, incorporating a penalty. And then the Leanna Mar thing. I mean, so heartbreaking. I had no idea. This is one of the reasons I was thinking Martina and Phil, you know, could be gone still, uh, because I had no idea that they would just collapse like this. Or, or uh, who was it? Was it uh, Leanne in this one? Uh, I think no, I was thinking it was Mar, wasn't it? Which one's the blonde? Question number three for Martina: Which one is the blonde, like Leanne or Mar? Uh, do you either of you remember who it was that had the panic attack?
1: I think Mar's the blonde, so it was Leanne.
0: Okay, so. One of them had a panic attack. Question number four was, prom- which one had the, the panic The promotional cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, the promotional cheerleader who has never done promotional cheerleading with zombies before. Um, I mean, it's devastating because they were a front-runner team. I think all of us were d- becoming fans of theirs. Uh, it's a terrible way to go out. I'm interested to see what people's opinions are about a team that was as strong as they are going out on eventually... Uh, I'm not eventually. What's the word? Um, essentially, a quit not in a way where I'm judging them for it, but they knew that the second they did this, they were done. Uh, I don't know. How did you feel about this, Jared?
1: I mean, it was interesting. I think I agree with you kind of on the whole challenge that, that it could have been um, structured better. But I did like the whole um, penalty element to it because it adds in that, that kind of decision of, do we try and do this really fast and get shot lots, but then we completed it quickly or do we take our time? Uh, get less penalties, but then we've taken longer to do the challenge um, to to get to the clue. Um, so I think I like that. I w- would have maybe liked to see the teams almost in there together so the teams could kind of shoot each o- at each other as well. Um, I think that could have been a bit more exciting. Um, but as for this whole penalty thing, it was so kind of out of the blue. Um, and it was interesting because you see teams struggle with stuff before and contemplate. Uh, taking the penalty and it's like a real decision of will we take it? Won't we take it? Let's give it one more go. But this was kind of like, she immediately knew that it was something that she could not do. Mm -hmm. There was no like, let's sit down, like take a breath, take a break. We're not in last. Like it's okay. And and let's like go through this again. Like it was straight away. Like she could not do this. Like um, her like claustrophobia must be like so bad. Um, for it to be like that big of like a panic attack straight away um so yeah it was it was just interesting because i feel like we've never seen that before we've seen the whole like i can't do this i can't do this um and then kind of they actually do it and overcome it or they try it again um but to see such like an immediate stop it was definitely um something new and like i really felt for them as a team
0: rossi what was your take on this devastated
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard
2: to deal with anyone kind of leaving under, you know, these on not unfair, but like, unexpected circumstances, you know, whether it be, they can't do a challenge for emotional reasons, you know, or someone breaks their leg or, you know, something like that, that prevents them from going on. It's just hard to, it's hard to watch and you, you feel for them. And especially on the Heroes edition, you know, I mean, I felt like they were really building up that these girls were such heroes. They trooped through. They were, just, they pushed as hard as they could. John gives a very sympathetic speech to them at the end. So I thought that it was done well, handled in style, and everything. Just hard to watch, and especially for a team that, with the exception of this leg, never really faltered. They had that one leg where they fell behind mm-hmm. to the back of the pack. But even then, they, like, bounced back and were in, like, the top three the next episode. So, like, they were never, ever, you know, a questionable team in my mind. Like, I could always rely on them to do well. And so to see them go now, it's it's hard. Especially on a crazy challenge like Zombie Paintball.
0: I think also one of the other things is that the other teams didn't really sell this. And again, I'm not um, downplaying and I did note in my notes. It was Leanne. I'm not downplaying Leanne's panic attack or whatever, her anxiety or whatever it was in uh, any way. Cause I actually have an interesting question. I want to pose to both of you on the end of this too. But um, if this had been a challenge where even if we had had some post-race confessional, because again, some sometimes the criticism I have is more in the production of the show. Like there's ways to edit this. They could have done some slow-mo shots of her breathing heavier. Uh, When they cut to the commercial, which it's kind of frustrating that we always get that cut to the commercial before like the last 30 seconds of the race. Why not cut like a minute earlier and you're on, I don't know if I can do this. And then there's your commercial. You have to wait for them to come back. I mean, that would have been a little bit more suspense for me. Or even just you have the producers asking them, you know, after the leg's over, ask the other teams, okay, we really want to sell why this panic attack happened. Let's start prompting some of the other teams. Hey, did this feel scary to you? Did the idea of zombies scary? Uh, were you disoriented in any way? Did any of it make you feel panicky or anxiety? And you just throw one confessional from one team in there just to make it seem like this isn't just Leanne. This is something that everybody would have struggled with. Wouldn't matter if it was true. And I'm not saying I want like a fake scripted show, but there are very easy ways to produce this to build more suspense. Now, having said that, I don't say I completely understand where Leanne's coming from, but... Uh, Although I will say I understand that. I think everybody would have that one thing where it's like, you know what? I can't do this for one reason or another, where, where you just get panicky. Uh, I don't know if it was the claustrophobia of the mask. It's probably a combination of that. You have all the, the fog on the, the battlefield where she doesn't really know where she's going. You add to that, they start this challenge and she's freaking out because she's like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. You got people who look unusual who are coming at you. You're getting shot. I mean, it, whether it's a painful or not, I mean, it, it's, 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 sometimes Casper has like a little toy gun and sometimes Casper not even knowing what you're supposed to do with a gun will just sort of hold it up and point it'll be towards me. And it kind of makes me feel uneasy and this is a toy. So I think all these things could add up for everybody, but like what would our version of this be? This is why I'm not faulting Leanne because I think everybody has that one thing that would just make them say, you know what? I can't do this for me. This is going to sound really stupid, but I'm like the most ticklish person on the planet. (laughs) Um, And when I get tickled, it is literally fight or flight for me. Like I will lose control of my limbs. And there are times where I'll just start flailing my arms in the air and kicking, just trying to get away. And I'm not even conscious I'm doing it because I even as like a young child, some of the youngest members I have was my mom who could overpower me at the time is like three years old, pinning me down and tickling my feet or tickling my belly or armpits or something like that. And laughing so hard, but but actually in my mind, panicking. It sounds weird, but if I had to go through zombie tickle fight (laughs) on the Amazing Race Canada, I may say I'm taking a penalty here. I mean, what would everybody else have? Rossi, is there anything that would just drive you to say, you know what? I know I can't do this. I'm going to have to take a penalty.
2: Well, it was something, I don't know what I would specifically say, but it was already on The Amazing Race. It was done last season of Canada where they had to do that bug challenge
0: mm.
2: where the one person had to get in to the, like, put their head through the thing, like a fear factor challenge yeah. while the other person counted it. If I was in that, like, headspace with all those bugs, I don't even know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember saying in the episode we recapped, I was like, I don't know if I could even have been in there for a minute.
0: Jared, what would be your limit? What are you taking a penalty for?
1: Um, if I had to go swimming with, like, great white sharks, which is probably not going to be an amazing race challenge, but just <laughs> some kind of element of sharks, but more in the sense, like, great whites, Um, yeah, I think I'd be, be like, tapping out of that one.
0: Uh, have you seen Jaws? Yes, yeah. Do you like Jaws, or is it like, oh, I can't watch Jaws?
1: Oh no like I I like shark films. Mm-hmm. Um just the sort of I think it's more the sort of like open water like not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um more so than the actual like being kind of a contained environment with a shark it's more that like not knowing kind of where they are in like open water where there's just nothing.
0: It's funny because we we've gone through not all of us as in covering every single season but like we've watched what 30 seasons of the US version uh, how many Australian seasons have been, Jared? Three, four? Three. Yeah, three Australian seasons. I've seen two of the Amazing Race Asia seasons, six Amazing Race Canada seasons. There's always a team that takes a penalty for something, and it's taken until this season for me to empathize enough where I would think to myself, you know what? Even if I wouldn't take a penalty for this, something is going to make me that pan- uh, panicky. Unfortunately for me, like for you guys, like I don't want to have bugs crawling me. I don't want to be eaten by a shark. For me, I'm like, I don't want to be tickled. <laughs> I'm not exactly like the alpha male here on this podcast but uh, but in all honesty like that it would be that for me like just because I don't know I wouldn't be able to control what I'm doing I'd probably just run and flee and scream but it's just I think that it's too easy to get caught up in oh they shouldn't have taken a penalty in a situation like this it's not a strategic thing thinking well we're not going to get this like no I know I'm not going to do it and that's why I felt bad for them because Leanne and Mar knew they were a front running team I mean, they've been saying it since the beginning. Everybody's underestimating us, but we're going to win this thing. They kind of knew that they had a real shot at this. And what was most interesting, it it wasn't Leanne's reaction when she says, we got to take the penalty. It was them saying that, taking off their masks. And as soon as they took off their masks, it wasn't like Leanne said, I'm quitting. And then Mar just sat there and go, oh, no, we're done. They did quit together, which is kind of heroic and admirable. But when you see them take off the masks, Mar herself has conceded, defeat, we're done. Mar breaks down in tears, which I thought was an amazing moment that you wouldn't normally see that. Because she's so devastated by this, but she's also accepting, you know what, this is okay. Uh, and I love their final moment. I mean, we're not going to cover all the teams this week, uh, but we do have to give some final words on Leanne and Mar. I mean, they're. I think they're the type of teams, like the cheerleader type teams, if they stick around long enough, I do warm to them. I think it was uh, was it Tiffany and uh, Krista, I think were their names. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, they were the, the cheerleaders that made it like all the way to the top four. I just thought they were hilarious by the end, so I knew that I would enjoy Leannamar as a team if they stuck around long enough. But I don't think I ever thought I would take them as seriously as competitors. And no joke, I honestly probably, if I were to have put money on it, if you were to ask me in the last week, two weeks, I would have said Leannamar winning the whole thing. Uh, any final words you have for Leannamar, Jared?
1: Yeah, I'll miss them. I mean, it's an abrupt end to the promotional cheerleader storyline. It's given me such joy <laughs> um, throughout the season. Um, so, a, sh- a shame that we didn't get a dancing challenge this episode, even though I'm thankful that we didn't. Um, yeah, I just think that they're a great team. They are kind of that classic um, don't underestimate us team that actually does prove to do well, instead of the don't un- underestimate us team, which um, are terrible. Um yeah, I think it's sad just to see them go out in that note, but at least it's something, like, unique, like, it's a unique send-off um, and kind of makes them even more memorable as a team. Um, and I think the other teams in the race, um, well, you wouldn't be happy with the circumstances, but you'd be happy that you've lost such a strong team because if I'm in the race and I'm, like, U-turning people at the moment, I mean, it's probably either them or Taylor and Courtney who's, like, my first choice to, to U-turn at this stage.
0: Uh, Rossi, final thoughts on Leanne Marr?
2: As we said, obviously sad to see them go at this, for the, at this reason, for this, for the reasonings that they happened. Um, but they were definitely a strong team. We obviously all came around and what we initially thought of them. We were very pleasantly surprised at what they could do. They were definitely strong. I honestly thought they would definitely be a lock for the top three, uh, I don't know who else could go there now. I don't know. Now we have an open spot, Martina and Phil. Uh, But they were a good team. I was happy to see them. And promotional cheerleaders can be heroes, Colin.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to our Martina questions of the week, which, again, thank you, Martina, for uh, replying to our many questions. And uh, another reply this week from another one of the racers. So uh, let's cover this. So before we even got to our questions, uh, I had mentioned in the last episode, Martina and her rape whistle <laughs> to get <coughs> cab drivers' attentions and how there was the other car that stopped. And she's like, no, no, keep driving. And I was just visualizing the driver of that car, seeing this woman blowing this whistle on the side of the road, getting out, jumping filming, get away from her. <laughs> just it seems I just couldn't get that image out of my head. Uh, Martina did respond that she's listening to the podcast now. So funny. The whistle and being tackled, I never even thought of that. Uh, I wonder if she's going to use this going forward. Uh, If She's going to use this to catch a cab. Well, she'll never need a cab. She's got Chevy Equinoxes for life now, I bet. Um, Question number one. So this was my question about uh, how great was it to beat Melissa Hollingsworth? An Olympian in darts, and is that something she'll brag on? She put, I never thought I would beat a Canadian Olympian at darts. It's the coolest thing to be on, amazing race, with uh, Melissa Hollingsworth. I love every moment on the race. What a privilege to be on this race. Never in my life did I think I would be on this race. Mel is super sweet and cool. Uh, which then we got a reply from Melissa Hollingsworth, Olympic bronze medalist. She said, ha-ha, can't say I've spent much time throwing darts.
2: <laughs> oh, she's got some enthusiasm there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Uh, question number two. Uh, this was about the, did she know what she was saying when she said it's too windy for my balls? <laughs> or that it might be perceived as inappropriate? She said, I had no idea. Unintentional. It's too windy for my balls. Winnipeg is windy. I love Winnipeg. So beautiful. I would totally go back. I was there before for a home economics symposium. And I already visited the museum. So she, she had an advantage. She was in the museum. Uh, she put, I've been to the forks before. Spoiler. Advantage! Yeah, well, I mean, now we know why they did so well there. Uh, number three This was Jared's question About did, did your accent Come back The, the memory accent uh, She put The accent did come back I think I reverted back to it To help me remember my lines For the magic trick My narration was about A mom with three daughters Who wanted to buy condos Downtown With the crazy housing market <laughs> <laughs> Can we turn this Into a children's storybook Martina Once this season's over uh, Get in touch with us uh, Will we'll, Are either of you Good at drawing no, name.
1: but I can get good for Martina
0: There we go, so Jared will get good at drawing Um, Rossi Well, we'll figure out what was Rossi going to do Jared will do the illustrations Um, I will help you with the writing uh, Rossi will finance the whole thing And we will put oh. out the children's <laughs> book About the mom with three daughters Who wanted to buy condos downtown with a crazy housing market Let's get that thing published And let's come up and with a name And their pet
2: mouse Eckhart
0: <laughs> Yes, the mom and the pet mouse Eckhart Uh, Question number four, have you ever used Skip the Dishes, and what would you recommend? But I haven't used Skip the Dishes yet, but I would probably order Chinese, Korean, or sushi. I still have my, like, Skip the Dishes um, promo codes, like three of them, which would probably get me, like, 50% off a meal if I use them all together. Now, you had me all week as I saw those emails still popping up in my inbox. I'm like, maybe I should order some Chinese, Korean, or sushi. Uh, And five, this is the best one, Rossi. (laughs) So we asked her, have you seen The Room before, Uh, which we covered on Bad Movie Month? She put, The Room, I read the book. It's about a woman and her boy living in a small room in the backyard. I watched the movie. It's like the book. <laughs> I Not saw that, that movie one. too. <laughs> <laughs> that one was Room. Um We were talking about The Room, which is a common mistake that even I myself made when The Disaster Artist was coming out uh, last year. So just just to clear up, Martina, The Room is the one we covered because now Martina thinks that we're a bunch of idiots that think this great movie, The Room, which by the way, was an amazing movie. I loved it. No,
2: it's gr- it's the great movie Room. Room. Not Sorry. The Room. See,
0: I'm making the same mistake. Uh, Martina thinks we're all idiots the last week because she's like, these guys didn't like Room. Room was amazing. I've seen the movie probably three times. I loved it. Uh, the Room, which when the Disaster Artist came out, the Disaster Artist was the movie with James Franco last year that was about the making of the worst movie ever made, which was called The Room, which is essentially a love triangle soap opera. Uh, with a guy with a weirder accent than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Borat combined. Uh, And more plot holes than you could ever imagine. Uh, One of the most hilariously bad movies ever made. Uh, So uh, I will fully endorse Room and uh, recommend The Room for bad B-grade movie entertainment. Uh, I've thrown a couple questions out there. Anything else we want to add to Martina this week? Jared, anything you want to ask Martina?
1: Um... No, I think um, whatever I asked her earlier that I can't remember now, uh, just that.
0: <laughs> uh, Rossi, anything you want to add?
2: I want to know. Martina, have you read Eckhart the Mouse?
0: Yes. <laughs> have you read Eckhart the Mouse? We, like, we, I'm sure when they were in PEI, they, they got these as comps. You know, th- there has to be prizes you get. You're visiting these great places. When you're in Winnipeg, did they give you – well, they. we know they gave you a membership to the Royal Canadian Legion. What did PEI give you? Did you get to take home some potatoes? Um, did you get a copy of Eckhart the Mouse? Uh, did you get the zombie mask? Is there a souvenir you get? Uh, and also, can you give us don't, your don't. best... What is your best potato recipe? Because uh, we're all craving potatoes after this episode. Um, so nothing else to add for Martina this week. Um, do we have... What, what? Do we? I saw the preview for next week because I know that it, it involves acting again there was a great martina acting but where was the episode is this the one where they're they're leaving the country again
2: going to mexico
0: mexico that's right cuz we also get the james bond specter day of the dead face painting thing oh i'm so excited for this episode um uh, we have to rate this as well we can't forget about that uh, anything else i forgot to cover in this episode before we leave uh that we want to talk about
2: we have our predictions
0: oh that's right so rossi i don't have it in front of me on this computer uh, Rossi, who got the point this week? Where did we Where did we all place Leanne and Marr?
2: So, Colin, you placed Leanne and Mar in last position.
0: Oh, I nailed we were it! very
2: off. Jared, <laughs> you placed Leanne and Marr in ninth position. So, one off Colin. And I placed Leanne and Marr in seventh. They finished in sixth. So, I will get the point this week. And just looking ahead at the final five, I have four teams left in the final, oh. out of the final five. Colin, you have also have four out of the final five. And Jared, you have three out of the final five.
0: So between all of us, we basically have nailed the majority of the, the final five. I'm going to take a wild guess as to the one team that none of us thought would be there. Is it Martina and Phil?
2: That would be correct.
0: <laughs> Martina and Phil, you continue <laughs> to amaze us. Uh, there's our points for this week, Rossi. I will quality check that because...
2: We all have Joe and a cash in the final five. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst teams ever.
1: And one of us also had Chewy and Happy this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: this is why we do predictions. This is so much entertainment. <laughs> Uh, are we going to buy this episode, rent it, or bin it? I'm just going to start it off here. When this episode started and we got the Eckhart the Mouse Challenge again, I didn't dislike it, but I'm like, oh, I can tell this is going to be a bin-worthy episode. Uh, then it got to the food one. I'm like, oh, this one's a little bit better. After discussing it, I'm almost wanting to buy the episode because I think we've all pointed out like little bits where I missed here and there. I think I'm still going to go with my first reaction or I guess my second reaction and rent this one. Uh, but I'm pretty close to buying it after we discuss it on this podcast. I will rent the episode and buy this podcast. How about that? Jared, what are you going to do?
1: I am going to rent this episode um, Yeah, and watch it again at some
0: point in time. <laughs> and Rossi?
2: I'm going to plant the episode e- equally spaced from the last one and the one before that so that we can regrow them uh, and possibly rent it. Even though I came in here bidding
0: it, so you're renting. We're I'm renting. Jared's renting. It's a rent all around. Uh, we're buying
1: the podcast.
0: Yeah, we we're all buying the podcast. Please Jared, money. please tell me you're buying the podcast.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: There we go. We're buying the podcast. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about Mexico uh, and uh, all the great bad death scene acting. Here's going to be another surprise. Another conspiracy theory I'm going to have on this is all tying into the final challenge all these death scenes uh but it'll be great to talk about mexico and james bond stuff and all that other great stuff uh my name is colin and i get anxiety attacks from tickling
1: uh my name is jared and when i'm 85 years old sitting on the terrace waving my cane at the youngins i will remember this fondly
0: my name is rossi